When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye Talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Ryan Day hired an offensive coordinator, and three weeks later, he's out the door. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. I'm Stephen Means. That's Nathan Baird, and that's Andrew Gillis. Bill O'Brien was hired three weeks ago to replace Ryan Day as not only the play caller, but take over the reins of the offense and the way Ryan Day talked about it during a Wednesday morning press conference. It's not something he necessarily wanted to do, but understood that just the direction that college football was going it was nearly impossible for him to hold on to that responsibility. And he thought he found a guy who matched all the criteria he was looking for and a guy who could take over that role, Nathan. And now he's out the door and it seems like Ryan Day is going to have to start that search over from scratch. Well, I don't know about from scratch because he, again, had gone through this process so recently. So there's obviously some contacts that have been made, some names that I'm sure. And, and, and not only that, but this purgatory has sort of hung out there all week right like this isn't this started late last week the the bill o'brien to boston college connection so ryan day had some heads up on this so i wouldn't say from square one i think he's starting but i think he doesn't get to hire his plan a he doesn't get to hire the guy who at least at that time among who was available was the clear number one choice um, we'll see if there's anybody else that has come available since then. There's obviously some names that are being floated now that weren't necessarily floated in the, the, the early speculation when Ryan Day, it was first known that he was looking in this direction. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, it's not something that is uh, a shouldn't be a major setback for Ohio State since he just got here. He he has had some involvement and was already doing some things and was at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Wednesday when we were there and uh, has been involved. Uh, it shouldn't be a major setback, but it is still not ideal because it was part of a what we all thought was an overdue step forward for Ryan Day as a head coach to do what you just said, Stephen, to to make the decision that he needed to yield some of the day-to-day offensive responsibilities and the in-game offensive responsibilities in order to take a, a broader perspective on the program. So, Andrew, part of O'Brien's responsibilities were going to be being the qu- quarterback's coach. And you're talking about a quarterback room that has three new people in it, and the two guys who were in it have very limited experience, one because more of an injury situation than the other one who just showed up last June. And so when you've got a room where four of the five guys are going through their first spring and winter at Ohio State, and then that fifth guy is coming off of an injury, just talk about how a decision like this impacts the quarterback room as it heads into a spring with another quarterback battle. Yeah, you know, I, I think the positive thing for, for Ohio State through this is that he wasn't here that long. 
you know, so you're, you're not talking about a situation where, you know, Julian Sand and Aaron Noland were, you know, recruited for months or years by Bill O'Brien, right? Like this isn't a situation where all of these guys have gotten to know him personally and, you know, they, they've got a close relationship with him and they go back a while. Um, so, you know, this does kind of impact the quarterback room, but I think it does kind of underscore the importance of adding a adding a, a person to the staff who does have experience because you do have two freshmen and that's a really unique room. And, you know, you mentioned Lincoln Keenholz, like Lincoln Keenholz is coming and he just had his uh, he just had his first year and he was not an early enrollee. And you hear Ryan Day talk about that a lot, where the first semester is kind of used as a, you know, a, a leaping off point to when the players come back in the summer. Hey, they're not really freshmen anymore. Lincoln Keenholz didn't have that. So you've got three guys in this room that are pretty young. Devin Brown, he's inexperienced at the very least. You know, you're talking about a guy, like you said, coming off injury, hasn't really done very much. And then there's Will Howard, but that's kind of separate from the point, I think. So you need a guy that is is a veteran type of coach, a guy who has seen a lot of different things, talked to a lot of different people, coached a lot of different people. And that's kind of what Bill O'Brien was in a nutshell, right? He's coached in the NFL. He's led his own college program. He's done things with great quarterbacks, great coaches. Like that was the sell. And that was something that I know the players were excited about to have in the program. And now that that's gone, you need someone there to fill that hole. I think what helps with that is your head coach is a quarterback's coach by trade. So I would assume until he finds out who he decides to hire, Ryan Day is going to be spending a decent amount of time in that quarterback room. You've still got Todd Fitch in that room who has served as a, a analyst for the last couple of years here. CJ Stroud and Kyle McCord were both very high on the knowledge that he was able to give them. But Nathan, the thing I want to ask you is, and this is not just for the sake of having a conversation, who else maybe fits that bill that could be lingering out there? That 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 description that Bill O'Brien fit perfectly to a T and what Ryan Day is looking for. Is there another guy who maybe jumps to the top of your mind when you're thinking of someone who could fit that potential framework that Ryan Day was dealing with and trying to make this higher? Well, the more I look at it, no, there's not. Because it's, I guess Chip Kelly would be the one. But even if you compare Chip Kelly's resume to Bill O'Brien's, you know, Chip Kelly had a, I guess, longer college tenure uh, originally with a bigger peak at Oregon than Bill O'Brien did at Penn State. Then Bill O'Brien went and won AFC South championships on the reg at for the Houston Texans, which not everybody has been able to do since that franchise started. So he's definitely got much, much more NFL experience and better NFL experience because Chip Kelly was not a successful head coach in the NFL, which Ryan Day knows all too well because he got fired along with him at two different stops. So I, I Bill O'Brien still, I mean, I thought it was a good hire the day it happened. I thought it made sense in a lot of ways because it was replacing what they lost with Kevin Wilson when he left for Tulsa, except you were replacing it with someone from an even higher tier in the, in the coaching profession, I would say, at least in terms of his um, credentials and esteem and all those things, reputation. So I don't know that there's anybody out there that checks the boxes the same way. And if you look at some of the names that have come up, I actually just sent our uh, listeners a text about this, uh, our followers a text, uh, 614-350-3315. Let's take a look at, at someone like Jason Candle, who's been the head coach at Toledo. Look at Bill O'Brien's experience compared to Jason Candle, and it is night and day. Like Bill O'Brien, again, you know, successful NFL head coach did get fired at the end, but most of his tenure arousing success with the Houston Texans turned around a 
Penn State, a Power 5 program in a really tough situation. Offensive coordinator in two different stints with the New England Patriots. Quarter, you know, helped coach Tom Brady. Uh, was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Like, for, for Bill Belichick. Like, those sort of credentials. And then Jason Candle, who I think is a good head coach and, and comes with some good credentials, has spent the entirety of his career either as a player and coach at Mount Union or at Toledo. That's it. Those two places. That's the only places he's ever been. And he keeps being named for uh, Power 5 jobs and uh, isn't getting anywhere there. So his he doesn't have anywhere near that same traction as, as a head coach. So it's not me saying that Jason Candle couldn't be a successful candidate here or, or Joe Moorhead, um, who has been a head coach, but it was at Ole Miss where he got fired and now at Akron, which isn't very good. And you see what I'm saying? Like there, there is a drop off in credentials pretty quickly. I think in a broader sense, yes, you can find someone who has head coach experience, who has been an offensive coordinator, who knows about quarterbacks. Yes, you can find that. But the number of guys who, who had those credentials at the level that Bill O'Brien did is not long. And, and, and it, you further narrow it down to the guys who are willing to take a college offensive coordinator job right now. Well, and it, it to add in on that, it's you have to find a guy who's willing to take that offensive coordinator job right now. Because again, sometimes like this is just not a place that some people want to be. You know, you, you do hear this a lot. I think some of it can be overblown, you know, that, that college recruiting has, has really kind of worn on people. And if you can get an NFL job, people will jump for it. So it, it is it does have to be, to Nathan's point, something that people, you know, want to take and want to make that leap for. But it also has to fit kind of what Ohio State is as a scheme, right? There can be a great offensive coordinator out there who is a run first, you know, get low, fire off, hat on a hat type of offensive coordinator that might fit criteria. But that doesn't fit Ohio State. So it, it has to fit in a couple of different ways. You know, the person has to be able to want this job, to be able to take this job. But then it also has to fit kind of what Ohio State is and what Ohio State wants to do. Another thing I wanted to say, though, is this is an abrupt departure. But I also don't know that this was ever set up to be what Ryan Day was probably expecting when he brought Jim Knowles in. Because Bill O'Brien's head coaching background is different. He was a success at Penn State. He was a success, for the most part, as I said, with the Texans. The idea that he would be back in the head coaching role, maybe in the short term, had probably always had to be a possibility here. Whereas someone like Jim Knowles, I think, Ryan Day turned to because he thought he could come in and, and stabilize the defense for a long time in a way that Ryan Day needed someone to come in and stabilize the defense and completely take him out of that room. And on offense, Ryan Day wants someone he can turn this over to, but Ryan Day is still going to be involved with the offense, just not in the same ways and maybe to the same degree that he was before. So this was always potentially going to be a short-term stint just as it was frankly like Bill O'Brien was only at Alabama for a little bit he was only back with the Patriots for a little bit now obviously they moved on from Belichick and that was going to change anyway but you know I didn't necessarily think that this was someone who was going to come here and be Ohio State's offensive coordinator for the next decade this always seemed like to me someone who was coming here to do this job for Ryan Day, be this hired hand for Ryan Day. And then in a year or two or three, you were probably going to have to go find someone just like him again. And But if, you're, if it's happening with the right timing and you're the one who can be the one to bite first on those guys coming available, you're, you're in good shape. So I, this, this, the timing of this is a little bit awkward just because it's February 9th as we're talking about this. And it was 
uh, January 18th when he was hired. So that's quick. And then it's weird to have this happen within a month of, of spring practice. But I also don't know that – I think they were going to have to find someone – again in the short term anyway. I didn't think that Bill O'Brien was going to come here and make it a career at Ohio State. So let's let's put a pin in that conversation because I think that's a, a, a great astute point. And I want to expound on that when we come back here from the break. But I will say this, the NFL season is going to end on Sunday after the Super Bowl. And so obviously that coaching carousel will maybe open up a brand new group of options that probably weren't on the table when Ryan Day was first making this decision because there are coaches who are still playing in the playoffs. So it is, I, I don't, it's going to be interesting to see how quick of a turnaround Ryan Day makes this decision. Is it something that, this decision is coming out on a, the news is breaking on a Friday morning. Is this something that by Wednesday afternoon of the following week, Ryan Day has made up his mind, or is this something that maybe he takes his time with because he really does have until spring practice starts because right now, technically the team belongs to Mick Marotti and the strength and conditioning staff right now, as they go through winter workouts. So he has a bit of time and the coaches aren't on the road recruiting anymore. So he has a bit of time. And so does he rush this decision or is this something does he, take a step back, and if he had four names on the list the first time he went around there, he adds another five or six names to that list because he has the time to do that. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get more into this new news, breaking news story, Bill O'Brien leaving Ohio State just three weeks after he was hired as its offensive coordinator right here on Buckeye Talk. And we're back on Buckeye Talk. Get the text, 614-350-3315. As this news is breaking, the first place we went with it was through the text. Two-week free trial, $299 after that. I promise you, it's well worth the money. It's well worth the money. I promise you that. 614-350-3315. Nathan, you just touched on something that I think is a valid point, and that Ryan Day didn't hire Bill O'Brien to be the Jim Knowles of the offense. He didn't necessarily need that. I think... The Bill O'Brien hire is more about philosophy and where Ryan Day is going in terms of his growth as a head coach than about what he wants. You're right. He's not just going to take his hand off the wheel of the offense. He's just in the passenger seat with the GPS telling the guy where to go now while somebody else is driving the car. So I think from that standpoint, I don't think he'll ever get to that point with the offensive coordinator as long as he's at Ohio State where it's like, you're just going to be the guy. I hope you're here for the rest of your career. It's You're the head coach of the offense. I'm going to move out of the way. But I do see a scenario where it's very similar to this, where it's guys who are here a year and then maybe they move on. Guys who are here for two years or maybe move on. It's just a different approach to it because it is still an offensive head coach. So he is still going to have a level of input there. Yeah, and frankly, I mean, this turnover happens. Like, this this is not uncommon. And even these abrupt things, people might remember Matt Guerrero, who's coming in as a safeties coach, when he left Ohio State a couple years ago, he was originally going with Kevin Wilson to Tulsa to be the defensive coordinator, and then was like, oops, nope, Indiana's got a better job. I'm going to go there and be the co-defensive coordinator. And, like, these sort of things happen. Uh, maybe they don't usually happen in this late of a timeline, but, you know, Jeff Hathaway leaving for the Packers, through through a little bit of a wrench in things for for Boston College. I, I guess I keep coming back to. I mean, I think O'Brien. I'm not saying that he would have only been here for a year. I also think though that one of the reasons that O'Brien made a lot of sense was because it brought another veteran head coach mentor type guy into this process to be the co-offensive coordinator with Brian Hartline. If you think that Brian Hartline can someday be, and, and if Brian Hartline someday wants to be a play calling offensive coordinator as like a step in his ascension in college football, then 
this is a great guy to learn under. And maybe if Brian O'Brien leaves in two or three years, you feel now that Brian Hartline is ready to take that step. But it's very clear that Ryan Day doesn't feel like he's ready to take that right now, that he wanted this sort of like executive leadership experience, someone he could trust this much to hand things over, that he needed that sort of level of assurance to be able to give this to someone else. And listen, there's head coaches, uh, people with head coach experience all the time who need that like one year bridge to their next job or whatever. I think whenever Bill O'Brien had left, I think Ryan Day probably would have looked for someone very similar. And again, I think he's going to do that right now. I just don't know what the available options are right now, except, I mean, the one that just, the one that checks every box that Ryan Day talked about the other day is Chip Kelly. Whether it makes financial sense for all the parties involved, I think, is another question. But it's if if there's no one that he would probably trust more, including Bill O'Brien, in all of football than Chip Kelly. You mean the guy who was once his boss and also coached him at one point? It would just it would be an interesting full circle moment if this is where we're at, where Chip Kelly's career hasn't necessarily gone upward in trajectory since he left Oregon. I think that's a fair thing to say. And if he comes to Columbus and uh, revives his career and the guy who's helping him do it is his former pupil, I mean, that's just an interesting full circle story. The one other thing I want to touch on with uh, Bill O'Brien departure impact, Andrew, any impact on Ohio State's quarterback recruiting as things stand right now? Or is this more about Ryan Day is still here, and so it doesn't really matter the fact that the offensive coordinator guy who's going to be running the room, room is leaving? Yeah, I, I, this is about, um, you know, Ryan Day, because, you know, you hear Ryan Day's name kind of brought up a lot when you talk to these kids about, you know, the future of Ohio State recruiting and things like that. Um, you know, and I go back to what I said, you know, earlier. It's one of those things where Bill O'Brien was only here for three weeks. So the relationship that he had built with these kids was was not super extensive. Right. You know, you you don't really get a chance to kind of to dip into um, the 2026 class. Um, you know, that's still a ways away. Um, you know, you have the 2024 class. Those guys are already on campus. Uh, Julian Sand, Aaron Nolan. Um, you know, so the, like the 24 guys are here. Tavian St. Clair, you only got to know him for a couple of weeks. And, you know, Tavian feels like a locked in kind of guy. You know, somebody who's just he's pretty, you know, it, it would it would take a lot for him to to not be at Ohio State in a year. And uh, that's just kind of who he is. He just feels very settled with Ohio State, I would say. And then you go to 2026 and it's OK, well, these guys are, you know, sophomores in high school right now. And you still have some time before these guys get there. So it, it was just had we been doing this in a year, I think we would have a much bigger conversation. And maybe even like had we been doing this in June, you know, if something happened in June where Bill O'Brien was no longer the OC, I think we might be having a different conversation after some months of recruiting. But this was three weeks. You know, th this, I mean, like, Bill, I forget, like, whatever day Bill O'Brien was hired, like, the NFL playoffs haven't ended yet. So, like, it, it's been a very short amount of time for, uh, you know, for, for this process. And, and there hasn't really been kind of any, you know, any grand recruiting misses or any grand recruiting statements out of this. Ironically enough, it seems like Julian Sand is the most impacted guy here because he keeps choosing yeah. to go play for Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien <laughs> keeps leaving him at every single stop he goes to. So I don't know, maybe they'll hook up sometime down the road and he'll maybe leave him again. But the Ohio State, the Boston College pipeline 
is kind of funny right now. Nathan, obviously Jeff Halfley left for Boston College as the head coach after the 2019 season. There have been a couple players from the roster who have transferred there, and partially because of Jeff Halfley, Cameron Martinez, uh, Ryan Turner, the cornerback, also transferred there, and now Jeff Halfley is gone off to the NFL, and Bill O'Brien is now taking over as the head coach in that position. Does this impact how Ryan Day might also use that 10th assistant coaching staff? Because that is the other looming question around Ohio State and its coaching staff as we head into the spring. If Ryan Day decides that he can't find someone that he trusts at this level, he still has to hire an offensive coach. So we'll see what that ends up being. Because I don't think he's going to make himself the by title, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, right? So I think he's going to hire somebody. If he find, decides that it isn't someone that he trusts at this level, the, and then he's going to stay as the play caller and still be involved with the quarterbacks this much, then yeah, I think it does affect who he hires because I think then you have to think about hiring a full-time special teams coordinator, hopefully with a defensive background, unlike you did the last time, throwing the whole balance of things off. But Hire someone who has defensive, uh, who has a uh, hire a true special teams coordinator who has a background on defense, who can then, uh, or or maybe are you hiring another uh, defensive coach that can help with the secondary? And Matt Guerrero becomes the, I mean, he's he's listed as the safeties coach. I assume that's what he's going to do. He said he might have some duties with special teams. I think that's just one of the things that's that's hanging out there undecided. But um, yes, I think it could have a. It could have ramifications, and I think that's also sort of the worst-case scenario for Ohio State, not because hiring a special teams coordinator would be bad, because I think some of that is a little bit semantic. You could you could decide that you want to make James Laurinaitis the special teams coordinator because you think he can do that and get help from other guys and get help from Matt Guerrero or whatever and get him on the staff that way, you know what I mean? And he can help the linebackers. Like, there's a lot of ways you can do it. But I think anything that backs Ryan Day away from this – I wouldn't call it an epiphany because it's been building for a while, but comes backs him away from this decision that he's made to change how he's going to approach this job on a day-to-day basis. Because he, he talked I mean, he said it out loud on Wednesday when we talked to him, like, this is just what the game is now. This is what I need to be now. And if you're saying now that because this guy leaves, well, I, but now I just have to still be that because I just couldn't find somebody else. Uh, I think that would be a mistake. So he's going to have to take maybe more of a leap of faith, but I still think he needs to turn these duties over to, to someone else. And if it's not um, the plan A, it doesn't mean plan B can't work. And it's also probably not fair. We use plan A, plan B a lot when we talk about recruiting type things. Like, well, you didn't get a five-star, and now you've got a three-star trying to start at this position, and, and hey, it's showing up on the field. And that's probably not the same thing we're talking about here. That's probably not a, a so we shouldn't mix up the usage there um, because one case that usually is pretty bad. In this case, it's just you didn't get your first candidate. This might, it could end up being the equivalent of, oh, you didn't get the five star that you wanted. So you settled for the top 100 guy that you wanted. You can still be a, a tremendous player for you. So um, I'm rambling a little bit on that, but just to make sure that people don't confuse, we don't confuse people with how we're talking about this. I, I, it's, it's not ideal. Uh, you know, they had something in place. It was going well. They liked what Bill O'Brien was doing. Bill O'Brien seemed to be settling in. They were already getting feedback on things like terminology and what the offensive line was going to be. And he was he was here. He was 
he was a he was a Buckeye, and uh, to have to now recalibrate, like you could tell that Ryan Day was disappointed about where this was going on Wednesday. He said, like, hopefully we don't have to deal with this, but if we do, we'll adapt. And I think that is the word. I think adapt is the right word, but I hope it doesn't mean adapt and revert. I hope it means adapt and like recalibrate, rethink what's available and pick the best option that's available. And if you have to be aggressive to go after someone that like a Chip Kelly, then I think go ahead and do it. I think the the question there is whether Chip Kelly is willing to take the step down financially that it would take, no matter where Ohio State wants to go salary-wise, especially because they'd have to pay a $1.5 million buyout up front. um, It would take some big concessions from on Chip Kelly's part to come here as the offensive coordinator. I mean, that's a valid point. I mean, Ohio State, we do talk about that in recruiting sometimes, but also you can look at the 2024 recruiting class as kind of an example of how this could work out. You didn't get Dylan Rayola. That was your plan A. And you didn't get him, and you ended up with Julian Sayan and Aaron Nolan. So you ended up with two five stars instead of one. Well, so that's how this could yeah. – I mean, what I'm saying the, – it, the, it's it's, the better analogy is just Rayola to Nolan. That was like – yeah, under yeah. the normal yeah, circumstances. Yeah, yeah Sam is definitely but, just an add-on. But the, the but, point of the matter is yeah. just plan A to plan B doesn't have to be a significant gap, depending on what your plan B is going to be in the situation. And it doesn't seem like it, it because of what may be on the table here over the next couple of weeks here as Ryan Day goes through this again, we could get to the end of this and go, oh, he just found another guy who might be a home run hire. Even if Bill O'Brien checked off every single box – but he leaves to go somewhere else. You found someone else who also checked off every single box. So that will be an interesting thing to continue to follow here as Ryan Day tries to complete his coaching staff. He's at eight guys, and he needs to find two more. Get the text, 614-350-3315. As those news, as those updates come out, as we learn things, that's the first place we're going to go with it. Once again, Bill O'Brien leaving Ohio State three weeks after he got there to take over the head coaching job at Boston College for Nathan Baird and for Andrew Gillis. I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.